You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, Sixers fans, things are pretty good when it comes to your team that won six in a row. This time ended up beating the lowly Detroit Pistons 113 to 93. Some good, some bad, lots to discuss. Before we do that, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us wherever you get your fix. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out online at libertyballers.com. Joining me for this episode of 30, like he usually does, Mr. Jackson, Frank Jackson. Things have been pretty damn good for the Sixers lately. How, How has it been for you the last couple of weeks covering this team? And what did you think about tonight's win overall, although you're playing the worst team in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, they've, they've looked uh, pretty good. I, I wouldn't say they've – I think maybe the 16 winning streak belies some of how they've looked, but uh, wins are wins, and especially for a team that wasn't really able to gain any traction the first third of the year. Um, these are good wins, and I, I thought tonight was kind of more of the same. They had some really good four- to five-minute stretches, a bunch of them, honestly, and then somewhere – you could tell maybe they weren't quite as as focused as they needed to be. I don't like to use focus as a cop out, but um, they just didn't feel crisp at times. But overall, the defense is really really good. The defense is playing excellent basketball after kind of that weird three game losing streak where they weren't really engaged on that end. Um, they've been excellent again. So uh, yeah, and then obviously the offense has been pretty good, and it helps when Tobias Harris, especially the last few games, is scoring the ball incredibly efficiently and. It kind of helps offset, uh, you know, Harden and Embiid not necessarily being their full efficient selves the last couple of games. It also, you know, still been wins. So um, it's nice when your stars don't have to be, you know, at their at their pinnacle and you can still win games uh, fairly comfortably. Yeah, it's interesting because looking at this, like Tobias Harris, like you mentioned, you know, had that had that great game uh, last time out when when he lit up the Raptors and then coming into this one uh, ended up. Starting off three for three, finished six and nine overall, 17 points, uh, four rebounds, a lot more effective on the catch and shoot threes. He talked about this as well uh, with the media that he's been looking to change his game and, and kind of change his mindset. Uh, and we've said this a thousand times, Jackson, since we started talking about the Sixers and covering the team together, that um, he's never going to be worth $38, $39 million. But if he's doing what he's doing now, especially given Maxi's absence, when you watch the way he's been playing and you know, we, we, we've seen Tobias obviously play up close and personal for a long time. He's been around the league for 10 plus years. But when, when you look at the way he plays, right, sometimes he's at his best when he's able to bully a smaller defender, go to the block, maybe uh, get a quick turnaround jumper over the, the defender. Uh, number two, now we're starting to see him kind of adapt his game into, hey, I'm not necessarily going to catch the ball in a position that I'm going to have to take a couple of dribbles. I'm not going to have to create for anybody else. You know, likely when, when I'm getting the second, third, fourth pass of the sequence. When you look at what he's been able to do and his catch-and-shoot ability, uh, how much of a boon do you think this is for the Sixers and really for how good he's been playing this last little while? Do you think it's sustainable? 
Yeah, I think for the most part, it's sustainable. I don't expect him to be a 42 point. I think he's at 42.8% from three. Uh, they still don't expect him to be that, but I think 39.40 is completely attainable. Um, we've seen starts as that, you know, from him during his six years tenure. And and what I think is most impressive is, you know, we talked a lot about the ad, the adaptation of his game last year post Harden trade. We talked about it over the offseason about him needing to sustain that. What's been impressive to me is we had, you know, they had this run, right? We we watched them have this run where Harris was the main guy, Max was injured, and Bean missed some time. Harden was still out with a foot thing, and as soon as you know Harden and Bean came back. Harris kind of like seamlessly slipped back into this, this smaller role, right? Where he's taking a lot more spot up three. He's still getting to kind of do his bully ball stuff on the block a little bit. And I think that's been important for the offense to maintain that rhythm for him to kind of give him some of those touches still. But uh, yeah, by and large, I think the process is sustainable. Like I said, I don't think he's going to shoot 43% from three. Cause that's not who he's been, you know, in his decade long career, but I think he can be a really, really efficient and effective release valve. Um, kind of blends some of that bully ball with the really quick release off the catch, especially from the corners. So, um, yeah, I can't, can't say enough good things about Tobias. He's, he's just playing like a really high level starter. Um, you know, obviously the, the money he's making has him in the same realm as, you know, all NBA guys and stars. But I think at this point, like I try to ignore that just because it's not necessarily his fault that the Sixers are willing to give him all that money. And so, um, and he hasn't, you know, it just isn't approximating the, the impact of those guys. But he's playing really good ball for a team that is ascending the Eastern Conference. And, um, yeah, he just deserves a lot of credit. And it's not just that he's adapted. It's that he's adapted and playing the role well. So um, big fan of what we've seen from Tobias most of the year and especially the last month, five weeks. And and even more so the last two games where he's just been, you know, I you know I wrote it in my bell ringer piece at Liberty Ballard, but I think he's scored 38 points in 18 shots the last two games, which amounts to about... 94% true shooting, which is quite, quite good. I know it's a small sample, of course, but if we're just talking about the last couple of games, that's all we can analyze. So uh, big kudos to Tobias. Yeah, and and, and it, you know, we'll jump into some of this this sample size that you're talking about, Jackson, a little bit later on in the podcast, because I do want to jump into that. I mean, the last six games is 20% of their season. It's a fifth, so we're not, you know, we're not looking at a six game out of, out of 70. It's six out of 30. So um, looking at, at Tobias Harris, we're hopeful that he's able to continue doing what he's doing, like you mentioned, with his efficiency in shooting the rock. He's shooting 44.8% uh, over the last six wins. Another guy I want to talk about, too, and, and kind of focus in on is James Harden, right? You look back at that at that loss, the ugly one, where he came back to the lineup after missing those games and, and you know, looked, made some critical errors in that loss to, to Houston. And again, a pretty crappy Rockets team, but you're going to have some of those in an 82-game season. Uh, but we've seen him now also start to find his footing, right? He's at 20.7 points. 11.3 assists over over the win streak. Uh, I was noticing this too, watching him the last couple of games. Like today, there was a couple of times where after Montrez Harrell came into the game for for Joel, he was running a, a two man game with with Harden, and Harden was able to either a you know make it just a, a hard pass look easy, I would say, and then also at the same time uh, able to get his way to the rim. He missed a couple of those shots, hit a couple of them as well. But when you look at at his game and, and where he's at right now and, and the latest updates we get on Max, he's still a little ways away, not looking at months, maybe weeks yet, but again, not his return isn't imminent, although we had heard a couple of weeks ago we were likely looking at Christmas. When you look at, at, at Harden and just the way he's transformed his game, because we talked a lot last season about how um, he's missing his burst, right? He was coming off the, the hamstring injury and dealing with that for the better part of the season and towards the end of the, of the 2021 playoffs. And we were like, okay, is he going to be the same guy? I think we clearly see he's lost a step. And that, that's not like saying, oh, my God, he's terrible now. But he looks like he's figured things out in terms of from a mental standpoint. Always been very smart with the ball. 
uh, always been savvy with, you know, what to do and when to do it. But I'm watching him right now, not necessarily using his athleticism, but his smarts to be able to separate himself from defenders. When you look at James Harden, what's his ceiling, do you think, for, for the Sixers? Like, are you looking at he's an all-star for sure? Do you think he can make an all-NBA team? Like, what do you think his ceiling is individually if he's able to stay healthy, obviously, number one, and, and play really towards the way he has throughout most of this regular season? Yeah, one thing I will say about uh, Maxi is Woj has now reported that he's still targeting Christmas Day as his return twice. He's reported it before the Lakers game and before the Warriors game. Uh, unfortunately, there's no Sixers ESPN game this Friday to get another update on that. Um, but, you know, we haven't heard any updates. I know Doc said one thing, but just it does seem like he could be back by Sunday. Who knows? But uh, anyhow, with Harden, um, t- tonight was an interesting game. Harden, I think as Sixers fans and people who cover the Sixers, we've seen this game quite a bit from him during his Sixers tenure that – you know, he has a really strong stint, whether it's the first quarter, the second quarter, the third or the fourth, and then kind of dissipates in terms of his scoring. I think I think he, I think he was still good overall, but, uh-huh. you know, I had 12 points in the first quarter, 5-8 shooting, one of six the rest away, only three points. Um, I, 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 I didn't worry a ton about it because it felt like he was pretty content to let Tobias do stuff, let Joel do stuff as a passer, uh, you know, let Niang fire if there's no Niang only, you know, went three of 11, but, um, you know, I thought the passivity was an issue on Monday against the Raptors. I didn't think it was much of an issue in this one against the Pistons because uh, their defense looked really good and their offense w- was excellent against, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league. But um, that's it's it kind of dates back to what, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, last six months, honestly, at this point, um, is how how much of a scoring load can he carry when Joel can't do it all? And I, I don't know if we've answered that. I think if he continues to play like he has on the, on the whole this year, He's probably an all-star. I think it's going to be tough just because he missed 14 games. That puts you in, you know, you're just fighting an uphill battle. I think I did the math. He can probably, he'll probably have played about 70% of the games by the time um, reserves are announced in early to mid-February, you know, assuming he plays all of these games moving forward um, over the next six or so weeks. But um, yeah, I think, you know, right now he's kind of in that, like the the way he plays on a game-to-game basis, I think is an all-star and you have flashes of kind of a top 10 to 12 player that's clearly an all-NBA guy, but right now I'd more have him as a, you know, on a game-to-game basis, more of a fringe all-NBA player, whereas last year I thought more of he was just a a all-star without kind of the all-NBA candidacy on a, on a per-game basis. So um, I think it's better than last year. The passing's been incredible, um, but you still just have those times where he's passive in games that he shouldn't be passive. I don't think Wednesday was one of them that he could afford to be passive against a really bad team like, like the Pistons, but um, like I said, Monday was a game where I thought he should have been a little more aggressive and he just kind of seems to go as his jumper goes, you know, two of seven tonight from three, some of his bigger games, the last couple of years have been cut because he's been so good from three. And I talked about like him this off season, him needing to be better in those games when the, the three isn't falling. So kind of curious to monitor that moving forward as we, you know, we get close to the playoffs and whatnot, but, um, on the whole, since he's come back, you know, aside from that, that one loss to the Rockets, I think he's been quite good. Last couple of games haven't been as good, but the passing is so good. And just what he opens up for everyone else continues to be really, really impactful. So, um, and I do think, you know, despite some of his lapses defensively where he's in no man's land on the strong side or he loses a guy around a screen, I've liked his defense more this year at the Sixers than last year. His hands are really impressive and his rebounding only two tonight, but I think the way he kind of puts a body on guys helps a lot too. So um, all in all, I think that Harden's been good or quite good, but for the Sixers to go where, he want, where they need, they want to go, I think he still has to be, more consistent to score. And that's something I'm going to continue to monitor as we progress throughout the rest of the regular season. You know, what's funny. Uh, uh, 
Jackson, we talked a lot about this too. Like, you know, we obviously Harden's going to be, we expect him to be great, you know, an all-star level player, at least uh, Joel Embiid, we expect him to be one of the, if not the, the second or third best player on the court on in any given game. Uh, Tobias Harris has, has been a pleasant surprise. One guy I want to bring up too, Matisse Thibault, for all the flack that we've given him during this win streak, he's averaged roughly 15 minutes per, per night, putting up six points a game and shooting 46.2% from deep. When you look at, at his um, contributions, I would say, to, to the team, because we looked at this you know, throughout his struggles last year and in, in the playoffs, obviously going through the COVID thing, not being able to play in Toronto, uh, struggled mightily against Miami, fell out of the rotation, we felt like, uh, once they got Melton, once they got House, once they got Tucker. But uh, given the fact that the team had its ups and downs, Doc Rivers decided to go with uh, getting Matisse back. When you look at him, are you pleasantly surprised by the fact that he's, he's been able to kind of carve himself out a little bit of a role on this team. What do you expect from uh, Matisse going forward now? Yeah, I would say on the aggregate, on the aggregate of the season, he has he still hasn't been, you know, good versus, or I guess like I think he's been okay, but you know, still shooting thirty percent from three, forty percent from the field. Um, but I thought, you know, just in terms of Wednesday, he was good. You know, I, I included him as one of my bell ringers. He that stint he had from kind of late first quarter to early second quarter was really impactful. It's part of the reason they were able to win with you know those bench heavy units out there around Harden and Embiid. So um you know had a couple of those I think my 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 uh my my coworker, my my peer Josh Greeb kind of called it the TJ McConnell-esque steals where you lurk in the backcourt and the defense isn't expecting a couple of those an impressive finish, a good lob to Harrell. Yeah. Uh I think I don't know if it was Kate or if it was Olive, but one of them remarked that like usually Matisse is the one catching those lobs and he was impressed to sh- to show some nice touch on that delivery um to Harrell. So uh, yeah, I thought he was solid, and you know, I'm curious to kind of see if he, if we can get more of this, right? Can he finish those buckets around the rim? You know, as a cutter, Joel had a really nice pass to him that he converted. Um, can the playmaking, uh, can the defensive playmaking not, or can it can it out outweigh some of those gambles and when he's poorly positioned stuff like that? So, um, I think something Matisse does deserve, does deserve credit for is. Like his minutes aren't consistent on a night to night basis. You know, you look seven minutes in an overtime win against the Raptors Monday versus 13 and a blowout win against the Pistons. So, like, the, the fact that he's able to kind of always stay ready, I think, is something that's hard for certain rotation players. Not just on, not to say, not singling anyone on the Sixers, just in, as a general NBA rotation player, that can be tough. So, he does deserve credit for that, that he can kind of just come up off the bench cold and sometimes give you a kind of a game changing stint. And I thought, you know, he really gave them some good minutes against the Pistons. So, um, you know, for his sake, I, I, you know, the goal should be to sustain that. I don't know it necessarily kind of what to expect every night, but now there is he, which make it tough, but I do think he does a good job of, you know, at least bringing it kind of, even though he doesn't necessarily know when his minutes or how his minutes are going to come. So um going to continue to be monitoring him. And, you know, anyone who's listened to read my work for a while knows I'm pretty critical of him and kind of my skepticism about him. As, as are you Jackson? Player, really? But... Really? <laughs> <laughs> but but he was he was good against the Pistons and I, I thought he gave them a nice lift you know along with some other bench guys so um, I will give him his flowers when when he when he uh, plays like they did, he deserves them and he did in this one so kudos to Matisse yeah and 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 you know to, to your point Jackson we you know we touched on 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 Harden and and obviously Embiid we just look at and just think well yeah the guy should be great I, I haven't even mentioned him uh, averaging thirty four point three uh, points during the six game win streak obviously they won all six of their seven game homestand. Um, some big picture stuff to look at as well. I wanted to jump to some team numbers. Want to jump into the standings because we thought the Sixers might be toast in terms of even trying to get up into the top two at least. That doesn't look like it's too far fetched at this point. Uh, let's jump into some of that stuff after a short break. <laughs> 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, we're back. Uh, Jackson, you know, we touched on some individuals. We touched on the fact that the Sixers... Uh, obviously beat a pretty, sorry to say, a shitty Pistons team. Although, hey, I like their young young guys. They'll be able to figure it out uh, eventually as as time goes on. Um, obviously, Detroit was without Cade Cunningham for this one. But um, looking at looking at the, the numbers, the underlying numbers for the Sixers, and you mentioned this too earlier on uh, in the podcast, Jackson. Yeah, you know what? They're not really... Um, not a huge sample size, six games, but it is a fifth of their of their season till to this point. They're eighteen and twelve, and and uh, you know, I was looking up some of the numbers there in the fourth quarter with with, with things at a hand. Uh, looking at this is, since December the eighth, and of course, you get the home cooking as well, which does make a difference. But th- these were issues on the offensive end um, coming into this homestand, where people were wondering, like, damn, what is going on with this team at at twelve and twelve? And obviously, you had the injuries. Not easy to win when you're missing your three best players for. A short period of time, although you only missed four games, and then you had Harden and, and Maxi out for longer. But you're looking at this team now. Since that December eighth, they've basically been two weeks. Uh, third in scoring in the league, fourth in shooting, three point shooting, third in assists per game, second best net rate. Net rating. Uh, only team that had them beat out there was was the Knicks, whose whose win streak ended uh, tonight at home against the Raptors. By the way, you see the highlights on that one. Pascal Siakam, fifty two nine and seven uh, at the 52. Garden. Fifty two. Well, I yeah, saw you thirty one at one point. I didn't. I, I wasn't able to. To catch the rest of it because I was, I was doing some post game work, but my goodness, I thought he had thirty one at one point. So he had thirty eight against the Sixers, fifty two. He's on a he's, he's on, on a, tear. a tear. My goodness, he's on a tear. And that Raptors team, I'm, I think, is a team to look at for the uh, for the trade deadline too, Jackson. I, I think they're going to be because if, if they can get something good for him and he's putting up these kind of numbers, I think Masai Ujiri will, will be to get something because that Raptors team is kind of stuck in the, in the middle of no man's land. But again, we'll 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 save that topic for later on. But <laughs> uh, focusing back on. On the Sixers, like you're looking at those offensive numbers, what do you attribute that to, right? Because I, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and say it too. I'm critical of Doc Rivers every chance that I get. I feel like I've seen enough from him um, to have an opinion that I, I don't know if he's the right guy to to lead this team to a championship. And and I'm concerned uh, covering the squad that some of the red flags that you see in him are going to rear their head again come time for the postseason. But for now, I'll give him credit, right? He's been able to find uh, find a good balance with this team. You look at at this win streak right now. Um, have they beat any world beaters? Not particularly, but they're beating the teams that they're supposed to, something we couldn't say when they ended up losing to, to Houston. But you got wins against the Lakers. You got wins against Charlotte. Sacramento has been a good story, a feel-good story. Obviously, the Warriors were, were extremely shorthanded, but Toronto and Detroit, those, those are the wins have come against. But when you look at offensively, do you think Doc's implemented anything differently from what you're seeing over the last six games? Or has it just been part of the course and the guys are executing the game plan um, just a lot better right now? 
Yeah, I I think um, what the, what they've done well. Uh, I don't know if this is actually the case. I checked it before the last two games they played, but they had been pushing the pace a lot more as of late. Hit ahead passes with Harden, getting into their sets quicker, which I think is smart um, because they're not the most creative offense. So if they at least get into their looks quicker, then they have more time to kind of improvise and whatnot. So that's been good. Harden's really led that, but I'm sure it's some more of an emphasis from the coaching staff. One thing that they do uh, shrewdly is out during free throws, they'll often place Embiid on the on the left block there to kind of have a leak out pass. Um, the Sixers have kind of consistently over the last, I think ever since Doc took over three years ago, um, kind of consistently used that tactic and it's worked well. So, um, you know, they deserve, they deserve credit for that. But um, schematically, no, nothing really stands out. It's just the pace, I think, um, Harden and Shake have really nice chemistry and some of those hit ahead passes get letting Shake attack from the wings one-on-one has helped too. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, with this offensive surge, it is worth knowing they haven't played a lot of good defenses. Um, you know, I think maybe the, I would have to check, but I want to say the best defense they've played, at least kind of in terms of how they were performing at that moment was probably the Kings. And I think the Kings are at best like league average right now in defensive ratings. So, um, could be off on that if anyone's, you know, more in tune with defensive ratings as of late than I am listening to this podcast. But, um, point being, I think I've been more impressed with the defense during this win streak and, um, a lot more impressed, I would say. So, um, I think, you know, just kind of given who these play callers are, it feels like it's going to rely on a lot on Harden and Maxi, Tobias and Embiid to be really good scorers and shot makers in their different roles. And, um, that's okay because I do think the defense is really good. I do think the coaching staff does a good job of throwing different looks out there, throwing zone out. Sometimes they'll play drop with Embiid. Sometimes they'll trap with him. Sometimes they'll switch. Sometimes they won't. So, um, I do, for all of kind of the, the nitpicking I do and criticism I give about the offensive, uh, scheme, I do think they're pretty creative and varied defensively. So, um, that's what stood out to me during this winter and kind of throughout the entire year. Um, but yeah, nothing's, you know, besides, besides the pace really nothing stood out in terms of X's and O's. It's just a lot of Joel Embiid and Tobias and Harden being a lot better than these, these porous defenses for the most part. Well, you're looking at that, and, and I looked it up while, while you were saying that, Jackson. Sacramento second in, in um, second in the, uh, or pardon me, uh, second last in, in terms of giving up points per game. Uh, but overall, the 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 Lakers are actually uh, defensive rating wise, uh, they're in the top top 15. Uh, none of those other teams, like you mentioned, and, and I said none of those other uh, teams really in 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 the thick of the playoff spot. So again, it could be a little bit attributed to the fact that you're playing lesser opponents. Could also be attributed to the fact that yeah, okay, like you mentioned, your stars are your big guns are playing a little bit better. And and you touched on there uh, while you're answering that question, Jackson, about the, the defensive side of things, right? And and how creative they have been. And, and we all expected them to be very good defensively when you look at the fact that you have a Joel Embiid on the roster, you got P.J. Tucker in, you acquired uh, De'Anthony Melton, you got Daniel House, you got Matisse Thybul, who we know uh, is another guy who, who's pretty damn good um, as an on-ball defender and as a team defender. But you look at the numbers now also over over the win streak, right? You're the defensively second-best defensive uh, net rating um, in the league, and that's over the last over the last six games. You're looking at that um, scoring wise. The the Sixers have been have been great at, at that as well. If you're, you're again looking at looking at the numbers, there second in opponents' field goal percentage, uh, still the top team in terms of giving up the lowest three point percentage um, to your opponents. And now overall for the season, the Sixers second best uh, defensive rating as well. So things are really aligning on that end. When when you look at this right now, and you look at the fact that. Uh, the Sixers have been able to really stifle most of their opponents. And, and looking at this, uh, especially this over six-game win streak, you're looking at, yeah, you haven't beaten world beaters, but okay, that Lakers game, that fourth quarter, end of that fourth quarter was terrible. 
uh, giving up that 18 point lead and, and, and almost losing to, to a Lakers squad that likely uh, isn't going to be in the play-in spot. And then we've seen them, you know, handle Charlotte, handle Sacramento. Golden State did give a little bit of a scare. The Raptors have been struggling, but we know they're talented as well. I ended up winning that win, getting that win in OT. And then here tonight, of recording this on a Wednesday, they smacked the Pistons around and win by 20. When you look at, at, at the defensive side of things, and again, I know we're early on, and I'm not asking you to, to procrastinate or give us a, a thing that looking, hey, this, this is what they're going to be at uh, come time for April, May, and June when the games really count. But when you look at where they're at right now, does this have the makings of a championship defense to you, Jackson? I I think the defense can be there for sure. You know, they're third in the league in defensive rating overall. So even if they've been, you know, boosted by some not great opponents and some injuries over this winning streak, like we have a 30-game sample of them being really good. Uh, I, so I, I trust them on that. And again, it just to me, it, it just comes down to the offense. Like, can can they play at a top eight level the rest of the year in conjunction with a top three or four defense? If they can, you should feel pretty good about kind of, and obviously the process matters too, but you should feel decent about kind of their, their playoff prospects. If they're more of a top 10 to 12 offense with Harden coming in and out with Tobias, maybe cooling down at times and, and whatnot, and some of these, these hot and cold games from Melton, um, then I would be a little more, you know, worried. I, I think they're probably going to be close to that 10 to 12 range. Um, just because I just think there are some teams around the league that are, you know, in a higher class than them. But um, I think the defense is absolutely, you know, about as good as you can, you can have uh, even if MB, you know, at times his motor can, can run cold, just his sheer presence as a deterrent is incredible. I know Tucker can be frustrating, but I thought he was incredible on defense on Wednesday, you know, but boy on Bogdanovich only had three shots. You know, he took nine free throws, but a lot of that limited shooting volume was because uh, Tucker was, was denying a lot of what they want to do with him off the ball, getting him around these, these wide pin downs and, and stuff off the ball screens. So, um, you know, Melton, we know what he can do as a playmaker, especially off the ball. Um, I think Tobias has been pretty solid. So I think like I mentioned Harden has been pretty good as a playmaker, even if he's, he's possession by possession consistency isn't always there. So um, I like this defense a lot. It, for me, it just comes down to kind of where they level out as a playoff offense. And to me, it's probably not, well, if right now where it should be in terms of championship hopes, but that's the beauty of their negotiations. They have four months to get there. I don't know if they will or if they can, but um, they're certainly afforded the the leeway to try and get there in the next four months. Jackson, looking now at the big picture stuff, right? As I mentioned, you got six straight wins, taking care of business against teams. And when we talked about this, uh, not on the last podcast we did last week, but uh, the, the one before then, um, we kind of looked at the schedule and said they're going to have some softballs here, and they got to take advantage of that to pad their record and move up the Eastern Conference standings. Got a tough one coming up on Friday to close out the seven-game homestand against the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard uh, been pretty damn good, although uh, L.A. will be coming off a game. They play, I believe, um, tonight, and then they have to take on uh, basically a cross-country trip and take on on take on the Sixers on like less than two days there. So might be able to take advantage of a tired Clippers team. You obviously have that Christmas Day game against the Knicks team whose eight-game win streak just got snapped. Then you got Washington, New Orleans, who's been a, a pleasant, you know, cute surprise in, in, the, in the Western Conference, maybe falling back to earth a little bit now, uh, losing four in a row at the time of this recording. And, uh, you know, you could take advantage of these games, right? Because you, you look at where, where the Sixers are, are going to be after that. Then you got OKC, you got New Orleans again, then you got Indiana, Chicago, back-to-back against Detroit. OKC, Utah, the Lakers on uh, Sunday the 15th. So, I mean, looking at this right now, um, the, Clip- the, the Clippers obviously are going to be the toughest, I think, of, of that stretch, that 13-game stretch. But looking at where the, the Sixers can be, 18-12, and 12, 
You got these 13 games coming up. Going to be at the 43-game mark at that point. Only three and a half right now behind Milwaukee for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics have fallen back to earth as well. Uh, Boston's lost three in a row. Milwaukee now at 22-9. and Again, uh, asking you to to look in the future, which is uh, tough to do, but is that top seed in play for for this Sixers squad? Because as much as you look at it and say um, the regular season doesn't matter, and I've said that before too, this team will be judged by how it does in the playoffs. You definitely want to be there because a game seven is going to be played at home. You you're going to be playing a lesser opponent in round one. All these things do matter, and you look at that. You avoid a Boston or Milwaukee if you're able to get the top spot in the second round. Likely if those teams finish two and three. So when you look at, at how Philly is playing, and we know, like you said, Maxi, varying times of what we're hearing when he's going to be back. Um, but if they can figure this all out, is it important for them to get the number one seed? And do you think they're good enough to, to be able to do that come time for April? Uh, well, first thing I would say, I think that game at New Orleans on the 30th is probably their hardest of this, of this stretch. I know Pelicans okay. struggled a little bit, but you know, Ing- Ingram has been out, I think, for about a month now. Um, so yeah, I think that one will be really fun and really tough. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think I think they can get the one seed, but I also don't think it matters. You know, we've seen this general iteration, this at least an Embiid led Sixers get the one seed, and it didn't matter. They had home court in Game Seven two years ago against the Hawks, and they still lost. So um, I think they can get there. I think right now there's kind of a basically kind of what I've watched throughout this year. I know the Knicks are playing well, but to me they're kind of a five, kind of a top five in, in the East. You know, with the Bucks, the Celtics, the Cavs, and Nets, the Sixers. I don't think they're all in the same tier, but that's kind of, I think those are kind of a step above anyone else right now. Um, doesn't mean things can't change some trade or some improved play and some refined, you know, approach, you know, schematically. So um, that could change between that right now. That's the top five. So, um, yeah, I think though your general kind of point there that it's always nicer to have a game seven at home or have, you know, a little easier time in the first round so you can rest or you can kind of, you know, give yourself a little more leeway uh, it is good to have, but I don't think it matters. Like I just, I just think like, they got to figure it out. They got to be a good enough offense. Doc has to make enough in-game and in-game adjustments and game-to-game adjustments. Harden has to be aggressive enough and consistent enough as a scorer. Can Embiid stay healthy? Um, what can we see from Tobias on both ends? So, and granted, Tobias was quite good on both ends. I thought for most of the last playoff run. So I don't want to necessarily you know, say he's not, you know, there. But um, yeah, I, I just think there are a lot of questions to answer this team that I don't think we can determine until the springtime. So. Um, there are, there are indicators to look for, and that's kind of why, you know, part of why I do this job, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how much, you know, we're going to get about this team because it is just going to be some of those overlying questions that we don't know. But I do think, like I said, monitoring kind of how this offense can, can, can flow when their big four is all healthy, monitoring what Harden can do when he really puts his pedal to the metal, um, you know, as a scorer, you know, consistently what that looks like are the big things, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for this stretch. You know, a lot of these games, as we mentioned, as of late over the 16 winning streak have been pretty fortuitous in terms of quality of opponent or injuries, you know, in the case of the Warriors, especially, but, um, you know, the Knicks have been playing well, the Clippers and figured some out some things out as of late. New Orleans is really good. Oklahoma city on the road on New Year's Eve, I think could be kind of tough, especially on a back-to-back on the road. New Orleans at home is going to be fun. Good. The Pacers have been scrappy. Um, the Bulls can't seem to figure it out in clutch time, but seem to be in a lot of games. So, um, I like this two week stretch, this two and a half week stretch. I think you're going to find some things out about the Sixers and kind of learn a little better about where they are when they're playing some pretty good teams, you know, so fingers crossed that everyone for both sides is healthy and, and especially fingers crossed that, that Maxi is back soon and, and kind of back to his, his full strength self, um, that we're accustomed to. So, um, yeah, pretty curious about these, these kind of next three or two weeks, I would say. Yeah. It's, and again, we, we looked at this part of the schedule and, and again, hoping Maxi is back. 
um, will definitely help them and 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 pad that record and, and get those wins because you are going to have some tougher stretches uh, coming up in the new year. Uh, let's get out of here on this, Jackson. Looking at the Christmas Day schedule, I'm not going to let you take a easy one here and say Milwaukee and Boston, uh, but what game are you looking forward to the most out of the rest of those uh, the five games that we get on uh, on Christmas Day? Oh man, that's that's a great question. Um, I man, I would have loved to say home warriors against the Grizzlies, but no Steph makes that a lot less enticing because the home warriors are juggernaut, but um, I don't think the warriors are any sort of juggernaut at home, even without Steph. Um, Oh man. I think obviously buck Celtics is the easy choice there. Um, But I'm also, you know, I, I I am pretty curious to watch Sixers Knicks, you know, two teams have been playing really well as of late. Um, The Knicks have figured stuff out, you know, in New York, it'll be fun. You know, it's, I think kind of big prime time. I don't know prime time at nine a.m. or noon on Christmas is prime time, but you know ESPN game Madison Square Garden is fun. Two teams are playing well, you know rivals in the Atlantic Division. So I'm excited for that one. But um, you know I, I really like kind of three of these matchups. You know seventy sixers, Sixers Knicks, Bucks Celtics, and Suns Nuggets. Nothing to take away from those other two, but no AD, no Steph, no Desmond Bain. Most likely, kind of takes a lot of the luster from those other two matchups. Maybe that's nap nap time and present time for the families, but. <laughs> um, yeah, really excited for all three of those games that I mentioned. Like I said, Sixers Knicks. I remember the last time they played on Christmas was, I want to say, Simmons rookie year. Porzingis was still in New York, um, which feels like a lifetime ago. But that game wasn't super fun. So fingers crossed that that one is fun. And Maxi is back by then. And even if he's not, we get a really fun match from two, team, two teams. Like I said, have been playing well, and you're kind of vying for you know home court advantage in, in the East. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. And again, I mean, I I love the Christmas Day games. Uh, helps that the NFL slate kind of sucks, to be honest, other than maybe Packers, <laughs> Dolphins. So I think a lot of people will be tuning in. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Sixers play um, on Christmas Day. And then obviously I like that Phoenix-Denver game at nighttime too. Two teams, mm-hmm. not in big markets, not, you know, looked at as as these, you know, flashy in terms of a national audience, but two very, very, very good teams. I mean, you look at the fact that they're, they're basically battling it out for the top spot in the West. And I think those will be two of the teams um, that will have something to say come time for, for the playoffs as well, is who will come out of the conference as well. Uh, Jackson, thanks for joining me on this one. Appreciate you taking the time out as always. I uh, hope you enjoy the holidays. Have a good time. Whatever it is you decide to do, take it easy on the booze, though. We need you to be fresh for whenever you go, you go to ride for, uh, for us at Liberty Ballers. And uh, we'll definitely connect and, and, and probably do this again. Uh, likely not next week, uh, but coming up in the, in the new year. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll talk to you in the uh, new year. All right, appreciate it. That's Jackson Frank. Obviously, as I mentioned, uh, does a great job writing for us over at Liberty Ballers. That'll do it for this episode of The 30. Like I mentioned off the top, always appreciate a subscription, a five-star review to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can do that, like I said, wherever you get your fix. Uh, As far as the schedule, as we go through the next couple of weeks here, uh, keep an eye out on Thursday. The Gastro Crew will be back. Uh, kind of giving you a summarization of what's been on with the Sixers this year. Uh, Friday, Sean and Dave will be back with the Talking About Podcast. That'll be post-game for the Sixers-Clippers game, which, again, could be a real good one, uh, depending on what happens there with, with L.A., again, traveling cross-country. And then I'll be back in the hot seat on Sunday uh, giving you a quick recap of the Knicks and Sixers. So appreciate you all listening to this one. Uh, like I mentioned, always appreciate you all giving us uh, your time, your your feedback, everything. We get the reviews that you see on uh, on uh, iTunes. Yes, I read them all, even if they're nice or, or not nice, whatever it is. Uh, I just appreciate everybody who takes the time out to listen. So uh, we're hoping to continue to grow our podcast network and get some uh, new stuff going for you guys as well in the new year. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.